What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from respectmyregion.com back with another episode of the RMR podcast. Today, special guest Maggie Rabati, VP of Sales of THC Design. How are you doing today, Maggie? Well done, Mitch. You got my last name right. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great, great to have you on here. You know, back to back. We ran an episode yesterday, had someone else out of the West Coast. We're keeping it all the way all the way West Coast this week, which you know, we've been traveling a little bit around the country. West Coast the East. is the best coast. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We get to the East Coast a little bit more for the opportunities <laughs> in the industry, but as a as a smoker, you know, I always say if the state's touching the Pacific Ocean, that's that's where I want my weed from, man, for sure. That's what I'm talking about. California got the best weed in the world, my friends. You, you know, I, I won't I won't argue with you. I'll say Oregon might, you know, might might give you guys a run for the money in certain we're you know, neighbors. Bars, but, we're neighbors. But you know, you I'll guys give me that word neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> uh before we get too far into the combo, I always start off the first question to every guest their origin story with the plant, the plant being cannabis. So whether that's personal, professional, whatever you feel vulnerable in sharing, but just kind of curious when you, Maggie, and cannabis started your relationship together. Well, I learned about the medicinal benefits of cannabis at a very, very early age. And I, I've noticed most of your guests uh, <laughs> have done the same. Um, and I am very much into plant medicine as opposed to over-the-counter pharmaceuticals. Um, and so cannabis has effectively um, helped me combat depression, anxiety, insomnia, pain and inflammation. So I naturally turned other people onto cannabis and off on in many cases off of their prescription medication. And I'm, you know, I'm talking junior high, high school at this point. And um and throughout my adult life um and you know since cannabis was illegal it was really difficult and dangerous um to get the medicine not only just like having to meet somebody in a dark alley but the the medicine itself i don't you know i didn't know if it was clean um and when you you learn all how dirty cannabis can be um, when you are, become a grower, which I ended up doing. Um, so, you know, I decided to learn how to grow myself. I got, I got tired of, um, being, you know, paranoid or worried about where I'm getting it from and who I'm getting it from. And, you know, when you're younger, you're a little, you'll take a little more risk, but I truly was using as much as I enjoyed cannabis. I truly was using it for medicinal purposes and didn't realize it. I just knew like I'd function better and I was very, very hyper. Um, they, you know, they diagnosed me with ADD and you know, everybody's got ADD and like, you know, so through my studies and I was a 4.0 study, I was like a nerd. Um, but I needed cannabis to stay focused, to study, um, you know, just to keep my mind right, actually. And so on a personal level, that's how it started. And it's been in my family, my grandparents were farmers and, and uncles and, and so on and so forth, but they weren't the ones that actually introduced me to the plant. And, um, so when I, you know, it was kind of, you know, it was so illegal and like, 
you know, so taboo that we would never talk about it. Um, and I, which I never understood how like this beautiful plant was illegal. So long, long story short, started growing it myself with my partner, um, for, you know, about good 10 years. And then, um, unfortunately we were robbed, uh, 2018 and that was scary. And also a sign that, you know, now that cannabis is recreationally legal, you know, it's probably time to just put the hose down and go work for a legal company. Um, and that's what led me to THC design. So after God, 10 years of growing, I started researching companies that I wanted to work for that had the quality of cannabis that I was used to, because when you're growing your own, you're putting a lot of love into the plant. I mean, we sang to the plants every day. Um, we, we, you know, we tend to the plants, we, we care about what we're putting into the plants. And so, um, I wanted a company that cared about it the same way that I do. And so I started consulting. I used my accounting and finance background to do some consulting for different brands until I landed on the one that I really liked. And that was THC design. And so my accounting and finance got me into the legal market. Um, and that's what I did uh, at THC Design for my first year. I was their director of finance. Um, did you want me to keep going on that? No, no, you're good. good. You, so you go, you went from you went from cultivating at home to a career right. in cannabis and finance, and then we transitioned right. to sales. So it's it's definitely that's an interesting journey, and that's one of my favorite things about this platform and having this podcast and chatting with people is learning those folks that have been in cannabis predating legalization that use their traditional. And I, I always check myself. I hate saying traditional right. is anything that's not cannabis, but their traditional right. education to get into the, you know, to, to find their way into the industry to cross over with this passion of cannabis. And so that's just a, that's an awesome journey. What, what do you, do you still cultivate or do you still have like a passion for cultivation? Not at home. I can say that now. Uh, I had to hide from neighbors for uh, almost 10 years. Um, I'm not cultivating at home. I do visit the girls uh, at THC Design and uh, you, we, there's four large grows in downtown LA. And so I do and I visit them and I still sing and dance and check, check them out. Um, the passion is there. I just don't have time for it anymore. Um, you know, I do wear, I wear many hats. I've been in every part of the industry, of whether it be production, operations, and market. I'm, I got my hands in all of uh, the facets of this industry. And yeah, and I did come, you know, I am one of those, I came from corporate because I was in finance, um, but cannabis was always there, uh, as I said, as my medicine. And I was always, didn't realize I was selling it. Cause I'm not, to me, I'm not selling cannabis. I'm informing people, I'm educating people. And anytime I would go around educating people on, you know, what this beautiful plant can do for you. Um, that's how I would just get all these people to turn, you know, start smoking weed. And I don't even like saying smoking weed. Cause like it's, it has this stigma, but it's more than that. Yes. I love smoking my weed. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, just like people like having a drink, but there isn't medicinal benefits to alcohol, sure. right? 
So it's like, wow, this amazing thing I can have a good time with. And it's actually helping me with my ailments. And I'm not on prescriptions. Like people want, they, they want to prescribe me drugs all day long. If I see a therapist or if I see a, whoever I see, I'm leaving with a ton of prescriptions and I just, I don't use them. I, I refuse. And so that's, uh, I'm a true believer in plant medicine and, and, um, I'll leave it at that because I was going to get into psilocybin, but this is not a psilocybin episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we cover that a little bit, but yeah, definitely more focused on on the greenery. But not, that's that's awesome. When when you were you know getting your education and getting into the corporate world, did you envision yourself ending up in cannabis, or was it like you said, just you saw a window of uh, opportunity, kind of with the changing times? I. I always dreamed one day it would be legal. I dreamed of the day that my parents would just accept it, like just a mere, just accept it as a, a thing. And I didn't think I'd see the day, to be honest. And my mom is now in her 80s. And it was only a year ago where she finally said, I, I can't do the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. It's killing me. It's got all these issues. She's going blind, you know, from sleeping pill and whatever and the diabetes. So she's finally, I started her out with some edibles. Um, and now I can actually, now she's growing the plant in our yard that I never thought I'd see. So I did not think in my lifetime because people were treating it like worse than heroin and people it was so i just got so used to it having to hide it um i just never thought i'd i'd see the day never again never understood why a plant could be illegal but of course the politics greed and all that stuff um as you get older you learn you're like oh okay this is why um not because of the plants just because of greed and, and politics and pharmaceuticals so um no, I didn't. And you don't realize you're living the dream until you look back and or someone reminds you because you're you just you're doing your thing. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, my 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 dream. I'm living the dream. Um, and so, yeah, here I am in cannabis. Who knew? Right. I'm like this nerdy accountant, <laughs> you know, counting beans making sure everyone's taxes is done properly and, and so on and so forth. And, and um, it was such a, you know, people used to tell me you're so dynamic for an accountant, you know, and I'm, I was in this boring job for almost 20 years. And so, um, so it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's completely different um, from what I've been doing prior to cannabis. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm made for it. I, it's in my blood. I think it's, um, it was always there, just need to come out. I, I, I love that, man. And, and I want to build off some of that. But, you know, before I get into that, I, I want you, if you could explain kind of what are the what are the product offerings or the, or the, the, the lines that THC Design currently offers? So THC Design is a flower company, and I like to call us the in and out of cannabis. We focus on the thing we're good at. You know, the, the co-founders are farmers. We came from Oklahoma. Um, they started in Oklahoma, got into some legal issues, came to California, I think in 2008, when they saw the opportunity for the green rush. And um, since then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. No. Okay, it's not coming. All right. You know, those 
you get that itch and you're ready to sneeze and it's right there like go away or sneeze or do something so um anyhow so the pure purely all about the flower so the offerings are and i i brought a couple of little little eights. so we ha we have eights done two ways we're known for the xj13 this was the very first strain um that ryan and jerry grew and their first sale was at harborside their first pound they were you know doing packs at the time and after they sold their first pound they were like we're gonna make it and so xj is still a staple strain um you know seth rogan is a big fan and and he's using it in his um in his product line as well but so we have eighths eight jars um and we include the terpene profile on all the jars and then we have eights in six pack pre-rolls here do, 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 do. so we do the six pack pre-rolls which is winning a bunch of awards mm. i mean i'm not going to go into the list of awards and things and we keep that that are happening because we're we we've got a bunch and then we've got so eights are done two ways and then our one gram flower comes in a, uh, a pop top or our one gram free rolls mm. and that's that's what we did and and smalls um we have the thc design smalls it's called THC Design Buds. You guys will see that out um, probably in the next few weeks. Currently, it's called Daydreams, which is our Smalls line. But we want to bring it back and just have one cohesive brand and just make it THC Design Buds, which is like our Smalls. But that's that's what we've got. We're purely a flower company, and um, everything we do goes into the plant, goes back to the plant, and um, you know, as we. Um, all the profits go back into the plants and and so that's what um allows us to keep it at an affordable price because it is it's a very high-end very premium mm -hmm. indoor um the same growers since day one um the same techniques with some modifications but it's what made us consistent and why like after so many years later you know we're still strong um hanging in there and, and we've got a good amount of the market share and and um we're known for our consistency. And so that's what keeps us going. Absolutely. And that's something I've noticed, like doing marketing for a variety of dispensaries. I know THC design, most of the menus, most of the dispensaries I've worked with that have that on the menu, it's it's one of, it's always sold fairly well. Um, and that's a difficult thing, you know, with California being, you know, I always say it's like the most mature market, even though maybe time, you know, I live in Washington, I always say Washington, Colorado are the most mature in terms of time having adult use uh, prevalent, but the California consumer is has been a snob and been spoiled with good weed and good genetics for much longer than some of these other markets. You know, it's it's difficult to satisfy that consumer, and it's a difficult yes. market to navigate because there's a lot there's a lot of good weed. So, what do you what do you yes. think are some of those things that that have made THC Design successful in such a crowded and and, and competitive marketplace? You know, I'm going to go back to the consistency being one, two, you know, I think the, the co-founders that started the business, you know, Ryan is brilliant and it's got that science brain and, you know, TC Design is based on science and that's what turned me on because I am a little science nerd and I love, you know, education. I love learning and the one thing TC Design does very well is their education. Um, 
oh, I didn't even bring the book. So they just recently came out with their book. There's 420 pages. It's a it's a coffee table book. It looks better than like a Porsche. It's beautiful. I don't know if we've gifted you one yet, but it's it's got all the day, every single day of the plant, what it would need. Mm. It's, we took a picture every day of its life uh, cycle. We, we, we covered everything in the book. Um, it took eight years to write. Wow. And um, the, the co-founder, Jeria, did Grow Girl um, to show people how to grow out of their closet. And we do like every week we're doing something educational based. Um, teaching your consumer is very important. Um, so that, that we're very big on that. And if you've got a good product, you got people passionate about the product, such as myself, and you know it's consistent and reliable and clean. You're the other thing is also the relationships. You can you know like having and caring enough about what you do and loving what you do, and you got to love people too. You got to be able to um, relate to people of all facets and. Um, you know, just show them the benefits of why our product is, you know, should be on the shelves and then, you know, helping with that sell through, which it does on its own. Like we don't, you know, we, we get them on the shelves and, and once the customers try them, they come back on their own. So the product ends up selling itself. So I like to explain to people, I'm not selling a product. I'm just bringing awareness Mm -hmm. to the product. Um, and so that's that's why I think that we're we're still um, we're still strong in the market. I don't know, ten years later. And that and that's a unique aspect of looking at it, not selling the product, being that you're the VP of sales, right? But not looking at a sales based approach. And that was one one of the questions I had that kind of spurred when you were talking about your history earlier is like being an accountant for so long and then now being in sales. Those are traditionally like if we're going to stereotype the. The, the personality to be successful in each of those roles. Those are competing personalities. Those are very widely different personalities. Yes. Um, yes. Was it a totally. challenge for you to transition into this more like less of a people focused numbers thing to more of this relationship? Or was it kind of like you said, you were kind of this weird person in the accounting space because you didn't fit that mold? You know, I, it's funny because I think about dichotomy um, because I could go into my dark corner and bang out, crunch out some numbers. And that was like, I got off on that. Like I I did, I got off on like math and, and solving very, uh, very complicated, like three page problems. And so, um, but the transition, you know, what made it easy. And I didn't even know I was scared. Can, can we cuss? Oh yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. I was scared shitless going into sales. I remember it. It was my birthday when I moved out of the accounting office into the sales office. And what made it easy is the speakeasy that we were offering pre-COVID. There's a speakeasy at the Grow. And so I would work from 7 a.m. till 10 at night every day. You know, when you're, I won't even get into the issues of banking and finance and all of that five years ago. because that's when I started with THC design. So the the speakeasy was there three nights a week. And of course, a girl's got to eat. So we they were offering food and weed and drinking. I would go to the speakeasy every night to just to grab a little a drink and a smoke and, and, and some food and get back to my accounting. But 
my, I was just naturally talking, you know, I'd bring in our bankers and our congressmen and whatever would come to our speakeasy. And I would just naturally talk about the product because I love I, the reason why I started working with theirs because I love the product. I love what they had to offer. I love the culture. And I was naturally just doing my thing with people. And my, the owner just said, Maggie, you're, you're like mix master 5,000. That was my, uh, that was my, um, nickname. And he said, you know, I see you up there. He's like, people are so just thrilled by you. And they're so shocked. Like our finance director knows so much about weed and was a grower and all of this stuff. He's like, you, he's like, you would kill it in sales. And I looked at him was like, what sales? I don't know sales. I would never want to do sales. That's some scary shit. No, I, I just, I want to hide behind my computer. And he's like, you should think about it. And literally I was there on a weekend because seven days a week, I was there on a weekend and I'm signing the checks for the sales reps. And I'm looking at their check. I'm like, uh, they are not working harder than I am. I'm working 10 times harder than them. And I'm looking at the amounts they're getting. I'm like, wait a minute there's something wrong here. And it stuck in my mind, what, you know, the owner said, you know, you would be great in sales. Cause if you think about it, I had my own product line and I was selling, but didn't realize it. I was, because I was just, you know, sharing with people how amazing this plant is. And plus, yes, I was make. I had a side hustle and making some money. I love making money. So it's like, wait, I have something I believe in and I can make money doing it. That's like a, a no brainer. So I took, I said, you know what, I, I'm going to take, I, I, I think I'm going to take you up on that. I think I do want to go into sales. And plus this accounting business, you guys need a whole freaking company to resolve the accounting issues of cannabis, period. It wasn't just a TC design thing. I was like, you guys need a whole, like me, you, me and a cash counter is not enough. You need a staff of like 10. So after really burn just getting burnt out on the accounting side of it i said okay i'll give it a try and i had no idea it it was just mm-hmm. again it i'm glad i didn't have a sales background and i'm glad no one taught me sales it it just i went out there with my passion for the plant and what it does and for the company and i went out i bought a little sprinter van i took this little guy ziggy 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 and I had another dog, Sassy. Um, and we went up and down. I went to every corner of California in my sprinter van and ended up opening was 168 accounts that Jesus. year in about a year, about a year Jesus. and a half. And that's actually how I ended up meeting Joey. I was a, a sales rep. It was a holiday, it was Valentine's Day. I worked, you know, I worked on Christmas, I worked on New Year's, not because I had to because I loved it. I wanted to get out there to the people. I wanted to show everybody. I'm like, look at this product and you're not going to pay an arm and a leg for it. You know, we found a way to make it inexpensive for you guys to get this medicine and to enjoy it. Um, and so it, it, I didn't know it was going to be such an easy transition. I was scared shitless, but gosh, I have no regrets. I, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm working my ass off nonstop but because I want to. Hmm. 
and that's and that's divine right like the fact that it was so easy and so natural that was just one of you know one of those serendipity divine whatever you know whatever higher power you believe in you know think that the stars align for obviously for that to happen because no sales experience like you said very you know very little to no training open 168 doors in a year yeah what man what it was one yeah 160 i had to hire i i ended up hiring so i went the sales and then I end up being the manager and then the director and now the VP of sales. And again, you know, with the finance background and accounting and the attention to details allows me to be structured um, and, um, and and paying attention to details, which is what makes you successful in sales. It's not you're the gift of the gap because nobody wants to be sold. I don't want somebody selling me. And that's what I tell my sales reps. Don't sell anything. Educate and uh, bring awareness and add value. If you're adding value to your client, they're not customers, they're your clients, they're partners. You have to you know, change your mindset on, on how you talk to people. When you walk into a shop, you're walking into their home. Respect that their home. You know, ask a manager if you can bring in samples. Ask if you can do this. You don't just walk into people's home and expect, you know, somebody to talk to you and and be rude or 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 look crazy like, you know, uh, a lot of accounts would tell me you're you're like one of the best dressed sales reps out there. I'm like, I I do this for you. I'm dressing for you. You know, like um I if I come in sloppy, what does that say about how I feel about you. You do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm just old school that way. Um, but um, I, I don't remember your question. No, no, I mean, you, 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 you answered it. No, you answered it uh, beautifully, man, for real, for real. Cause that's, that's, that's game out there for a lot of people of just understanding what it takes to do sales right like again yeah. you, you've, you've leaned on it i've heard you say i think three times yeah. not selling i'm not You're selling not selling yeah like say don't go in there trying to sell your product go in and find out how you can add value i don't pull out you know if i'm going to a a, um, a new business meeting or a sales sample meeting i come in i sit down and i'm i'm getting to know you and i'm going to figure out what your needs are and then i'm going to figure out how do i fulfill those needs i don't come in there and have my bag i'm like okay let me show you my aids let me show you my one grams and our pre-rolls and look at all these awards we're winning and all that i don't no i don't do that i just come in okay when you how'd you get started what's your goals what would you like to see what do you what's a, you know what do you want out of a partnership um, you know, and, and, and as you get to know that person, then you can say, okay, I have something for you or oh, here's how I can help. Here's how I can add value. Adding value is key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and two, you know, something that's important in sales, like, like opening doors is a big part of it. And then sell through is the other part. Right. And, and some I've, I've worked with companies, uh, you know, worked alongside them where like they're their KPI is opening doors so much to the point where like they're ignoring sell through they're ignoring the relationship. It's just like open doors and it's like, great, you go open 30 doors this month. But if you don't build, you, you know, you, you gift a gab them, you got on the shelf and maybe it's not the right fit for you. So they got that initial order and you're not going to get that reorder and that relationship's going to have a blip on it for a while to, to win back that trust. So how do you kind of identify through that, through learning what people, 
you know, learning how you can add value to them. Are, are you able to kind of distinguish what's a right fit? And then sometimes be like, all right, this is maybe not the right fit. And when it's not the right fit, how do you kind of approach the relationship from there? You know, that's interesting. Right off the bat, let me I mean, let me think about that. So there, I was going to say right off the bat, there wasn't somebody that came off as, okay, this isn't the right fit. But actually, when I... Um, I've had, I actually do remember sitting with somebody and all they cared about was like, just, you know, they just want to undercut everybody in them. They want it at dirt cheap. They want it like at 50% of the cost. I, you know, at the time it was like $21 wholesale and they like wanted it for, you know, 12 or whatever. And it's like, and, and they only cared about, you know, just destroying the people, you know, the, the competitors and um, cheapening the brand, really, because, you know, if we were to sell it that, in you know, 50% off and, and then, it, you know, sells it, who knows, on the shelves. One, I'm not going to allow someone to cheapen the brand. And two, if you're just out just trying to make a, a quick buck and, and you're not doing things right, and that isn't somebody, you know, um, you can kind of tell if somebody's like a mess. <laughs> and so that, that wouldn't be a good fit for us. Um, so in that case, you know, I wouldn't even just let them know this isn't a good fit. I would just say, you know, thank you for your time. You know, thanks for allowing me the opportunity to show you our products. And I'm not, I'm pretty much there and, and just, um, I wouldn't actually say, okay, we're not a good fit. I would just mm -hmm. thank you for their time and, and keep it moving. Yeah, because I mean, it's important, like at the end of the day, that relationship could potentially turn to something else down the line, right? It's, it's, it, yeah, you don't want to burn bridge, definitely not in this industry. You do not want to burn bridges, no matter who. I don't care if it's a bud tender, I don't care if it's security, I don't care if it's the parking lot attendant, whoever it is. You, if you're going to stick to this industry, do not burn a bridge. Don't, don't go, don't tell all the, you know, cannabis is there's a lot of bs out there and guys people know when you're bsing and if they don't know in that moment they'll find out it's like yeah. you know try to keep it real keep it be as transparent as you can be honest like we don't have to be we don't have to hide behind the bushes anymore and behind the scenes like that was a culture of dishonesty and illegal you know activities now we don't have to be that way i mean it's still federally illegal and we're working around those hurdles and it's kicking our asses but um you know just trust is big you know you you'll only grow as big as your circle of trust um so you know don't 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 do all the bsing don't burn the bridges yeah <laughs> be kind and that that's <laughs> that bud tender that could be the purchaser in a year that could oh, be yes. the manager in six months you know i've had so many bud tenders or security that are now the gm or they're partnering with this or or even the buyer now and i look i'm like oh my gosh like you're you know this is amazing i'm so glad and again even just uh when i met joey we were just reps and two years later because you know he left a good impression on me and I him two years later we linked up and we were able to help each other out and do some like collab and and it was awesome so um yeah you never know who you're talking to and just always treat every single person with respect um and I think that will go a long way respect
just like respect my region. I, I love that name. It's it's really true. Respect my region is is a is a good philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's yeah, built built upon principles for sure. And and you know this this industry, there's there's been a lot of, a fair amount of reports about it or, or articles about it. Obviously, cannabis is a, is a male dominated industry, um, and, and being a, a woman in in leadership is is uh you know that's a minority in this place. Obviously, a minority yourself as well. Um, yeah. But you know, THC design—that's something that they that I know they've prided themselves on—is women in leadership and, and ownership. What is your what is your take, kind of, on this industry of what it takes to be kind of successful and some of the challenges of, of being a woman in leadership in cannabis? You know, whether you're male or female, um, to be successful is to know what you're talking about. Um, I think you know, as a woman in the industry, know you know, do your research, know what you're talking about, have good work ethics, and you will be respected. You will, if you will be noticed and more and more and way more women now are being noticed and respected for the work that they're doing in this industry. When I started at THC Design, the executive, um, the, we'd have like an executive huddle in the morning and the entire executive team was male except for myself and the co-founder Jeria. Um, and that was it. And we were in a room of like 15, you know, 20 males. And now today the entire room is female. All the department heads, all the execs are female except for our president, Marlon Coburn. Shout out to Marlon and Danny Staples, our head grower. Um, and that's it. And everybody else, um, we're all, we're all the department heads are, are female and not because, oh, you're male or female. It, it has nothing to do with our gender. It, it has to do with our work ethic. We work harder. Uh, we're reliable. We're sunny and funny. <laughs> we keep things light. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, you know, I, uh, I, that's, that's what I would say is don't sell yourself short, respect yourself first, respect others and, um, you know, be reliable and, and, and you will get noticed. Awesome. I love that. You say it's a game for anyone. That's, that's some gender neutral game right there, man, for, for any and everyone. Um, well, Maggie, I, I really appreciate your time, man. You honestly dropped a lot of games. Sales in this industry is, uh, is it's the, what propels this industry. Uh, we constantly see high turnover in the sales, uh, the sales area. It's what it's, I don't know, a conversation we do. I, I do marketing, but obviously there is no marketing without sales. And so I know that's just something that people out there are thirsty for information or they should be thirsty because it's definitely something yes. they need some assistance with. So I think you've dropped a lot of game on that. Is there anything else you would like to uh, like to plug about THC design before we get you up out of here? Well, you know, if I'm if I have a moment to plug something yeah, in, yeah. I would like to talk about our new D 2 C um, website. We've never had direct to consumer, and we now do mm -hmm. as of like I think a week or two ago. And it's shop.thcdesign.com. Shop.thcdesign.com. Yes, and so that's our D 2 C platform, and. Um, you know, thank you to respect my region for your time um, and, and allowing me this opportunity to, to speak my truth to, to whoever's listening. 
Oh, we, we appreciate you, Maggie, in more, in more ways than one. So you are that shop.thcdesign.com, main website, thcdesign.com, on Instagram, at thcdesign. Check that out. Really appreciate you, Maggie. And for you guys out there, for you guys out there watching, if you're on YouTube, subscribe is somewhere under Maggie over there. Make sure you hit that. The comments are somewhere below there. Even if you got hate, man, send that. We we welcome all love and hate. <laughs> Don't send me any hate. Don't, Don't send it to Maggie. You can direct it towards me. <laughs> I will, I'll I'll take it. I can I can take it. Uh, uh, and if you listen to Spotify, Apple, make sure you follow. Listen to each episode. We got more coming. This is the RMR podcast, man. We'll be back with more content. So.